Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Mysterious Brews podcast coming from a deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in Georgia. How are we doing today, Mr. The Coach? Oh, we're doing great. Feeling good. Better than I deserve. Yes, miss. Much, much <laughs> better than we deserve. Um, we have a very special case for you today coming from just north of our location in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, it's uh, not too far north. It would be nice to go visit it, but after reading about this uh, case, I'm, I'm not going anywhere near it. Nah, we're good. No. All right, today's beer of the week is... Let's see. That's going to be Sweetwater 420, made by uh, the good people at Sweetwater Brewing Company in Atlanta, Georgia. It is last week. I told you Sierra Nevada was one of my favorites. This happens to be my absolute favorite beer. It is an extra pale ale, which means it is a little bit lighter body than a regular pale ale. It's going to be a just enough hops, just enough. Yes, it's a uh, West Coast style pale ale is what I read. I don't know anything about that. I don't either. That's the first time I've ever seen anything. I've never never seen that described. I will say the aroma is very citrusy. But most, yeah, most most West Coast IPAs are going to be very, very fruity, very floral. Uh, like the more English IPAs tend to be grassy, yes. earthy. Yes, it has some but pine hops, yeah. I believe is what they call that earthy but stuff. This is uh It's real smooth, I will say. It's, it's crisp. It's damn good. It is, is good. all it is. It's crisp. It's just damn good. A little bitter at the end, but you know what? So it's not unpalatable. It's it's a it's it's an independent brewery. It's one of the many in Georgia. It's the oldest continually operating brewery, I believe. I know Red Brick was Atlanta Brewing Company at some point, but I think they closed down and then reopened. I believe. I could be wrong. Yeah. If I'm wrong and you know the right answer, please let us know at our Twitter at Mysterious Brews or our Instagram at Mysterious Brews. And like we alluded to in the opening, this is a very odd case, and this happens to deal with murder and the mystery and the mayhem. Um, if anybody is familiar with North Georgia, Northeast Georgia, this occurred on the border of the Chattahoochee National Forest on Taylor's Ridge, just north of Somerville between 
actually it's just north of Trine to be honest with you um, I have a general area or understanding of where it's at I think I have driven by the road that leads up to the mountain um, where this murder took place this is referred to as Georgia's Corpsewood corpse wood murders or it is also referred to as Devil Worshippers Mountain Murders. Um, it occurred, the murders actually occurred in 1982, um, but as of 2019, controversy still surrounds this case. There are some YouTube videos that we will put some links on our Twitter and our Instagram that you can go look at some of the documentaries. Um, I will say one of them that was made in 83 or 84 is... Oh, it's, it's hard to watch, but uh, it does have some inter interesting facts and things. And it, it shows the grounds as it would have been right before the murders. If you Google uh, Corpsewood Manor now, it is dilapidated. You can hardly tell anything's up yeah, there. There's still some structures, but yeah. yeah, it's definitely not a mansion anymore. This case has tales of satanic worship, LSD, and unfortunately rape. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have these small children... <laughs> Listening to this awesome podcast, well, I suggest... Ask you first, ask yourself, why? Yeah. Why the fuck would you have your kids listening to this? But I would suggest uh, for probably the first 30 minutes of the podcast, you leave them out of it. Maybe the whole podcast. Yeah, they don't need it. Yeah, this, uh, this all centers around a gay couple that moved out of Chicago to the North Georgia Mountains... To basically live out their the rest of their life in what would now be called off the grid living. Back then, it would have been called a hippie style or a communion type. I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and just say it. I mean, this is 1976. You're a Satan worshiping. Well, you're in the you're in the uh, you're in the heart of the Bible Belt. You're a member of the Church of Satan. Yes, and that's one thing that I was educated on. Being a member of the Church of Satan does not mean that you are a Satan worshiper. No, that means all. that basically you're an atheist and you worship the self. Yes, correct. But you tell that to 1976 Somerville. I mean, so you are a homosexual, which I am as tolerant as a man can be. If you want to be homosexual, be homosexual. Yeah, but I don't in care. 1976, you probably did not need to come to Somerville, Georgia. No. Uh, and for those of you that are not familiar with Somerville, Georgia, the claim to fame is Howard Finster. Howard Finster grew up in Somerville. He was very eclectic. He was crazy as hell from what I could gather, but he, most of his artwork gained notoriety right at the end of his life. But if you're interested in Somerville, Georgia, Trion, Georgia, and that's Trion, T-R-I-O-N, not Tryon, but I digress. Let's get back to it. Um, Hold on one second. I'm trying to find it right now. Did this, the artist you're talking about, did he not just uh, design uh, the Talking Heads album? I believe he did. And Coca-Cola gave him a crap ton of money for one of his sculptures. Uh, yes. Um, yes, he, uh, he did. If you want to see a great example of his artwork, uh, just Google uh, Talking Heads Little Creatures. Very good album. I love, I love the Talking Heads. Nature has basically reclaimed the crime scene 
it is located off of what they call Dead Horse Road, and basically, (laughs) this was Dead Horse Road. This was basically named. (laughs) The road was named due to this couple finding a dead horse at the beginning of the road towards their property. I mean, I don't really read into signs that much, but come on, that's a pretty big sign. Yeah, that's a big sign. (laughs) Um, And we'll get into the the nitty gritty now. the couple in question is Dr. Charles Scudder and Mr. Joey Odom. Uh, Mr. Scudder was a professor of pharmacology at Loyola University Strich School of Medicine in Chicago. He was a widower to four boys and two dogs. He lived in a 1904 Frank Lloyd Wright home on Chicago's west side. I've read differing accounts, but basically the gist of it is he felt that the politics at Loyola University. Let's try that again. Rewind. Yeah. At Loyola. I can't even say it now. You go for it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to say it now. I know. Lo- uh, I've just cursed us Loyola- all. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> Seriously. Loyola University. Yep. That uh, yeah. We're just going to say that Loyola. There we go. Yeah, there Loyola. it is. All right. He basically felt like the politics at the university, along with more and more unruly students, was more than he could bear. Um, The unruly students part, I really do not buy. Um, His youngest son of four was tragically killed, and this, I believe, is what was the final nail in the coffin for him to get out of Chicago. Uh, While he was at the university... He was not your average professor. He um, he owned the Golden Harp. He would dye his hair pink and blue. Um, I read one article that said that he had actually been invited to play with the Chicago Symphony. Um, so he's a very eclectic, well-rounded man. Um, depending on how you Google it, it will come up that he worked on government-funded experiments dealing with LSD, MK Ultra. So if you're a conspiracy theorist, that ties the government into this whole thing, but I, it's a very thin, thin thread. <laughs> Not to sidebar, but I do. I, I recently found out the greatest way to deal with conspiracy theorists is you just got to one up them. Well, that's you, true. I uh, forgot. If someone comes up to you and tells you, "Can you believe that they faked the moon landing?" You just go, "Oh my God! You believe in the moon?" Yeah. <laughs> and that leaves them speechless and a long pause, so you can just turn and walk away. <laughs> Getting back to Mr. Scudder, he had a pet monkey. Nice. And when he left the university, he took two human skulls and approximately 12,000 doses of LSD as a parting gift. Now, I have never done LSD, but I'm going to assume that that's enough yeah, to, to mess you up. Yeah, that's going to last you quite some time. I, I don't, all I, what I, the little I do know about LSD is, uh, one will do you. Yeah. 12,000 <laughs> will probably get you a good 40, 50 years, I would think. <laughs> you would think. Uh, Mr. Scudder and Mr. Odom purchased 40 acres of woodland in Chattooga County, Georgia, like I said, on the border of the Chattahoochee National Forest up off of uh, Taylor's Ridge, just north of Trine. The property was miles from any neighbors, and on Dr. Scudder's 50th birthday, he resigns from his position at the university sold everything he owned, and set off with his 
quotation marks, feminine housekeeper, Mr. Odom, <laughs> to begin a peaceful new life in the mountains of Appalachia. Uh, the, the couple, when they first got there, lived out of a camper on the property, and at first seeing the barren timber on the property that first winter, along with that dead horse they encountered on the road, they named their home Corpsewood. They're gonna, like, they're gonna build for two years. They're gonna build a brick mansion. Yes, by and hand, just the two of them. It was constructed by them, and neither of which had any education in architecture, engineering, or building at all. With that being said, they did a great job. Yes, and it's, I mean, for this to have taken place, they built the house in '77. I believe they purchased it in '76. Um, I think it took them two years. So yeah, '78. They. Um, dug the foundation by hand and began laying bricks. There was 45,000 bricks, three layers thick with a two inch gap for insulation. The house is basically a mini castle. Mm -hmm. It is a two story home with a wood burning stove for heat. Uh, they installed a chemical toilet in an outhouse. They began growing their own food. And again, in today's time, this is basically your off the grid Lifestyle. I mean, this is not uncommon, but keep in mind, this is 1977, and where they would travel to town for any provisions is small town, rural Georgia. Even today, I mean, yeah, you're trying back Somerville. I mean, they're nice places, but they are very small. Very small. Very small. You're in the heart of the Bible Belt. Oh, oh yeah. Is it the buckle? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is... For them to be a homosexual couple to move to that area in the time that they did is... Not only, not only that, but they're in the Church of Satan. I yeah. mean, and regardless of what the Church church of Satan really is, everyone sees it a different way. Oh, yeah. And they, in, they, in the South, they see that oh, as God, yeah. you're a devil worshiper. And just to be clear, I know he mentioned it earlier, but I just want to read exactly what the Church of Satan believes. They describe themselves as skeptical atheists. And they embrace the Hebrew root word of Satan, meaning adversary. So they don't believe in Satan himself. They essentially believe that there is no God. We're only here once, so we might as well have as much fun as possible. So they embrace um, sexual deviancy. Yes. They, they and we will get into that deviancy. <laughs> real. I mean, not. I mean, of course, not all of them, but you know, they they. They, they view Satan as an arch a positive archetype who represents pride, individualism, and enlightenment, and a symbol of defiance against the Abrahamic faiths. Well, so let's just... That's why they call themselves the Church of Satan, is because they basically love themselves, and they think they should live for themselves and have as much fun as humanly possible. And let's just think about it. I mean, his 50th birthday in 76 is when he resigned and moved to the property. He was basically... You know, in his early 40s during the 60s, the whole peace, love, evolution, marijuana, LSD, everything. So the hippie stuff. Yeah, and and then throw in the fact that he lost his wife and he lost a child, and I'm, he was closeted homosexual. Yes. Just decided to say screw it. I'm out. All right. One of the first things they did when they got to the property was they established a small vineyard, and they loved their homemade wine. They would make homemade wine out of just about anything. Uh, on the documentary that I referenced earlier, uh, there is a, of all things, 
I swear to you, he is almost a hair lip nudist. And they, you, people, you're not making. I cannot make this up. And and if you grew up anywhere near Somerville, this is not strange for Somerville. <laughs> if you walk downtown Somerville and said, "I want a hair lip nudist," you may get three or four. <laughs> now, um, I just want to I just want to go on record saying that that is not my views of Somerville. No, I if, agree with you, any, but. If anyone that listens to this happens to be from Somerville, we apologize. But no, y'all know I, it well no I apologize for his statement. <laughs> y'all, if you're from Somerville and you grew up in Somerville, you know that I'm not lying when I say there's some weird shit goes on in Somerville, Georgia. Yeah, but being from Georgia, I think you and I both know that there's some fantastic weird. homemade wine in this state. Oh yeah, you could find some just down the road. Delightful. Yes. They would use plum wine as their go-to wine. I had heard that they did muscadine. I heard that they did muscadine. Yeah, I heard that they did strawberry as well. Um, now we get into the weird. Um, in the front of the house, there was a pink concrete gargoyle that overlooked a rose garden that Joey Odom tended to, and this was his baby. Um, we will put pictures the, the of the was pink. His baby? Gargoyle. I'm pretty sure the gargoyle <laughs> and the rose was his baby. Um, visitors to the manor would whisper in wonder at the occult symbolism. Um, there are many pictures of both Odom and Scudder with their two mastiffs. and These are big, beautiful dogs. Just for probably conversational pieces, Mr. or Dr. Scudder named them Beelzebub and Arsnith. And I'm brutalizing that last one. Probably. It's A-R-S-I-N-A-T-H. It is a H.P. Lovecraft character. Which, if you know anything about him, it's not a nice character. No, no, no. <laughs> and local legend says that the pair also summoned a real demon to assist the dogs in guarding the home. And there was actually a sign nailed to a tree along the driveway towards Corpsewood that read, Beware of the Thing. Well, if that is true, then what happened to these two gentlemen? That demon did a piss-poor job. Yeah, it did. He did a piss-poor job. I did read that uh, <laughs> Scudder was extremely into the Adams family. so I mean, you Why could, wouldn't you be? Yeah, so you could, again, I guess in today's climate, you could be more tolerant to beware of the thing, you know, as in the thing from the Adams Family. But in 1977, that would have scared the piss out of everybody that drove up there. It would have it bothered me. Yeah. and I mean, even if it was the thing from the Adams Family, I mean, for God's sakes, that's a disembodied hand that, true. that is... Just wa- wandering around. Just wandering around. I mean, yeah. that's, that's kind of... Yeah, <laughs> as as Coach said, Scudder was a self-proclaimed atheist, but if you asked him, he would always remark that he's a Satanist. And I I think Scudder was one of those older gentlemen that said stuff just to see how you would react. Absolutely, I believe that as well. I think deep down he was just probably deep inside he was a broken man losing a child. I would hate to know that I'd lost a child and my wife, um, but at the same time. You know, he had hired Mr. Odom as a housekeeper while he was in Chicago, and that's when that relationship took place. 
the inside of the house. We'll get into that now. Um, Scudder was extremely interested in all types of religions and the occult. He had decorated the inside of the house with several Baphomet sigils, sigils, upside down crosses, paintings of hell. He had two stained glass windows in the front of the house. One of a pentagram and one of, actually, of Baphomet himself. Um, and then the other one was a skull in stained glass relief. He had a circular staircase that was used to access the second story bedrooms. Um, while they were a couple, they did have separate bedrooms. And again, just being educated myself on researching this, um, being a member of the Church of Satan, did he did not worship Satan. He chose to celebrate worldly pleasures that other secular religions denied its practitioners. Now we get into the... We gotta talk about the chicken coop, yep. don't we? Yep, yep, yep. So, when we say chicken coop, <laughs> most everyone would think a little fenced-in wooden structure. But the chicken coop basically was a brick chicken house with screen and then above that was a wooden structure. It was a three-story chicken house. Uh, the first floor was the coop. The second store is where they would uh, store their food. And their pornographic collection. There you go, their pornographic collection. And then the third room, boys and girls. The pink room, as they call it. Which is kind of odd because they were... Just they were interested in brown. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. But everything in the room was pink. From the sheets to the walls to the mattresses to... And, and there's no pictures of this, but this is well documented. It is essentially an orgy room. Yes. It's for... It is a makeshift BDSM pleasure room. Correct. And you had to climb like a 40-foot ladder yeah. to, to access it. So that's just, I mean, regardless of what happened, I mean, you're you're up there, you're having sex, you're drinking homemade plum wine, and then you're going to be expected to traverse down a 40-foot 40 40 wooden ladder. ladder. Wooden ladder. I, mean, I don't know if I would go down a 40-foot wooden ladder stone cold sober. I don't think so either. The room was filled with just mattresses on the floor, candles, whips, chains, pornography, and the kicker was the logbook. And this logbook detailed the guest's preferences along with a Polaroid picture of them. Whew. Yeah. Um, and I will say in any rural setting that when word gets out that they have this pleasure room or playtime room, you're going to garner some closeted homosexuals to come partake in the the well, boom I mean, it, I, in it, the old place. I mean chamber. clearly that's what they wanted, but that I mean to me, in nineteen seventy six rural Georgia, that's a good place to go if you're a closeted homosexual. If you yes. if you have those desires and you don't want anyone to know <laughs> Forty acres next to the Chattahoochee National Park is a pretty good, place good to go. spot to go. Yes. Yeah. A lot of the guests uh that 
frequented the pink room were closeted homosexuals and really not upstanding citizens. There's a couple of articles out there that Scudder would uh, write to people in jail uh, explaining his pink room. Um, really? I didn't see that. Yeah. My research. Most of them that were in the guest book, quotation marks on that guest book, uh, were criminals or had criminal records. And this would be and proved to be a dangerous combination. Now, do you think that they were just keeping that log book for, like, collateral? Or do you think they were just... Oh, I do. In, in Yeah, up there? Yeah. yeah. I mean... Yeah. If, any, if they fell on hard times and they had that log book... Mm, that's true. That's a good point. But that, I mean, that's not... That surprisingly doesn't have anything to do with their fates here. No, it doesn't. It's just but it probably, you're right, on a long enough time frame, it probably would have been a cause for trouble. And once they build the mini castle or the manor, however you want to refer to it, um, word gets out. And so people will come by, strangers, just gawkers, and they will use the guise of, hey, we heard you have some homemade wine just to break the ice and see the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those guests that we talk about, uh, like I said, were ex-cons, uh, and unfortunately some teenagers looking to score some homemade wine, Ooh. some free homemade wine. All right. So you're willing to get down and freaky for some homemade wine? Yeah. I told you it was good. Yeah. It was good homemade wine in this state, but I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. No, 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 no. Um, but this is 1907, I mean, so... When we're talking teenagers, the legal drinking age was 18, right? Yeah, so Back we're talking then. 16, 17 so 16, year 16, 17-year-old? Yeah. Oof, that's dangerous. He, uh, Dr. Scudder, he uh, would have these parties, and he would buy, invite some of the locals that he had made connections with. Um, and one of those parties, a local named Kenneth Avery Brock, was invited. And Dr. Scudder... And Joey Odom actually met Mr. Brock uh, by him asking permission to deer hunt on their property. Avery Brock was a 17-year-old part-time truck driver. Around the time that he met Dr. Scudder and Mr. Odom, he had moved into a trailer with Tony West. Now, Tony West was 30, and this is in... When he moved into the trailer, this was basically November of 1982. A 17-year-old moving in with a 30-year-old. That seems yes. kind of odd. A little, little odd. Um, Tony West was an unemployed construction worker. He, um, I couldn't find the particulars, but a lot of people referenced that he had served time for murder and mental illness. So... Um, as a parent, if my 17-year-old is wanting to move out, and then he tells me, hey, I'm going to move in with this 30-year-old in a trailer, and again, small-town Georgia, you know just about everything about everybody, oh, or you can find Lord. out. Oh, yes. That should have raised a red flag with uh, Avery's mother, but um, obviously... Maybe she just didn't like him. Maybe she was ready for him to be out. Maybe so. It's a 17-year-old boy. I mean... A lot of articles state that this is hearsay, but a lot of articles say that this is fact. Basically, Avery would visit the pink room and participate slash partake in the free-flowing 
wine and on one occasion Dr. Scudder performs fellatio on Mr. Brock. Brock would become a regular to the pink room and always was there when a party was there was happening. Um, it is documented that he had relations with both Scudder and Odom. There are several books about this case that if you're looking to go deeper down the rabbit hole they get into a lot of the specifics, but we will not. <laughs> we um, ain't got that kind of time. No, 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 we no. ramble too much anyway. So Brock began bringing his roommate, Tony West, to these parties. And West was what we would now call homophobic. But he would put those feelings aside because of the homemade wine. Um... Wine, yeah, wine makes you forget a whole lot. So. Yeah, and then the, the LSD is the underlying cause there, too. West had stated that Scudder had, and I'm going to say this as it was written, in, you know, West states that uh, Scudder had homosexuality with the Avery and tried to do the same to me, and I told him I didn't believe in it, and I wasn't brought up that way, and I turned around and left, end quote. And there is a link that we will post. No, I've never heard the man, but I'm fairly certain that's very that's pretty close. Very close to what pretty he was saying. Pretty close. Like. <laughs> there will be a link to the actual newspaper article in which that was uh, stated. After one of the parties, West convinces Avery that Scudder has taken advantage of him, and it is at this time the two men hatch a plan to rob Scudder and Odom. The two, these two guys, Brock and West, are very mistaken, though. Uh, they, they are, they do plan to rob uh, Scudder because it looks, for all intents and purposes, that these two gentlemen are well off. They have a very nice house. They have nice stuff in that house. And they don't work. And they don't work. But so it would be very easy for them to think that they're rich. But truth be told, they're not. No, they, they sunk are. everything into Corpsewood Manor. They are literally living off the land, and they trade wine. They trade some of their vegetables, I think, for some things yeah. in town. Yeah, they're basically bartering around town. And but Brock and West are convinced that they're rich. Yeah, and. In November of 1982, Brock and West decide to start using their visits to Corpsewood as a way to study the layout of the manor or the castle. Um, Which is very smart if you're going to do something like this. But but Scudder's not an idiot. Uh, well, true. Scudder basically only allows certain people into the actual house. West and Brock are kept to just the chicken coop. That is, I think, Dr. Scudder's way of possibly, you know, trying to figure out if you have nefarious intentions. So, well, and, and plus, he's probably not interested in letting them do anything else but go to the pink room because that's where he wants them. That's what he wants, you know, he wants to get down and get freaky, get freaky dicky. Yeah. So, if that's if you have taken the time to build a sex dungeon. In the sky, 
That's true. Why are you going to let them go to the kitchen or the... Yeah, why are you going to let them go upstairs to your bedroom or to your no. office or... I built a sex dungeon in the sky for a reason. If you want the <laughs> wine, boys, you're going to have to go to the pink room. Yeah, I mean... So on the evening of December the 12th, 1982, West and Brock set their plan in motion. Brock stops by his mother's house to pick up a Remington semi-automatic 22 rifle under the guise of me and young 30-year-old roommate are going rabbit hunting. Yeah. Mama buys it, obviously. Uh, Brock and West stop and pick up West's nephew, Joey Wells. And at the time, Joey was dating Teresa Hudgens. See, this is... This, this this right here, like I said, it's smart of them to go and case the place, get a good idea of the layout. Make this a, may be the dumbest Make a plan. Move. But then you're going to go rob these two men, and you just pick up two random-ass people. Yeah. Your nephew and his girlfriend. Hey, we're going to come We're gonna come rob these people. Come with us. Yeah. And I don't think they even told them. You know, and because Hudgens would basically turn state's evidence later, but, and I think after watching some interviews with her, this was her first date with Joey. How does that... I mean... Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Basically, they tell uh, Wells and Hudgens that they're going joyriding. Why don't y'all come along? And Hudgens stated that she tried to say, No, um, we'll just follow y'all in Joey's car, but Joey's car wouldn't start. So... We start down a road of bad decisions on the young couple's night. All right, so during the drive, Brock and Wes suggest that they should all go up to Corpsewood and get some free wine. So Joey is excited about getting some free alcohol, and Teresa's like, hell no, I don't want any part of it. Those, That's the devil worshipers. I mean, but, I mean, free alcohol. Yeah. I mean... I know I said 420 is my favorite beer, but actually my favorite beer is a free one. Yeah. I don't yeah. care what it is. If you hand it to me, yeah, I'll drink it, and I'll say thank you. Yeah. Uh, I um, am still friends with this young man, and he, uh, his dad was the head of the local Budweiser distributing company in the town that I grew up in, and he always would say, there are three types of beer. Bud in a bottle. Actually, four types. Bud in a bottle, bud in a can, bud on tap, and free. <laughs> and he wasn't lying. I'm telling you. You have your preferences until someone goes, here, man, have one. I hate wheat beers. Hate them. Wheat? Wheat. Yeah, I don't and, like those either. But if you hand me one right now. You'd drink the shit out I'd of it. I'd probably drink it. Yep. I know probably. I would drink it. And Actually, I would tell you. This Thank best you. damn thing you've ever Thank had. Thank you very much. So anytime we used to get together with said Budweiser distributing man, um, someone would always buy a six-pack of Miller and make sure that that was in the front of the, the uh, refrigerator just so he would lose his shit. All right, but I digress. All right, so basically these three morons convince young Teresa that it's all going to be fun. And she gets to actually see the castle, and she can tell all her friends about going to Corpsewood. Now we get into Coach's 
favorite part of the entire case, and that is, Coach, can you explain to the boys and girls and young men and women out there in podcast land what Toot-a-loo is? <laughs> well, I all, I did suggest to do this right that we needed to do some Toot-a-loo so we could tell the story from their point of view. But Toot-a-loo is a mixture of rubbing alcohol, paint thinner, and, uh, son of a gun, glue. Super glue. So as you can imagine, huffing that will probably give you a wonderful five or six second high. So, yes, they are huffing tootaloo. And I, from what I can gather, this is not a just uh, Brock and West concoction. I think this is widely known in the oh, hills sure. of Somerville, Georgia. I'm sure. And I do. I, we were going to do it. I do have the rubbing alcohol and the paint thinner. Well, I brought the super But glue. I only have the Elmer's. I brought the super <laughs> Well, all I have is the Elmer's white We got glue. that Walmart grocery sack right there. We <laughs> can just huff away. Ooh, boy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. if she coach would uh, appreciate that. No, I'm pretty sure I'd have to call in tomorrow. I'm on, I'm on pretty thin ice as it is. So yeah. we're not going to be no, doing the two no, 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 no. But, yes, they are, they are definitely huffing. Some highly dangerous materials. Yes. To to achieve, to me, like you three know, seconds. I, I don't. I don't. I've never huffed anything. But I don't. I'm not, I can't explain. I I would not expect that that would last longer than a minute. Yeah, I don't. I don't do the marijuana, but I don't care if you do. Please do. I think they should legalize it, tax the hell out of it. But from what I've heard about marijuana, and when I was back in college, uh, it lasts a good while. You know, twenty, thirty minutes. And, but this, can, like you said, it cannot be lasting more than a minute. No. And that is a very high-risk, low-reward drug to yeah. me. Well, during the ride where Teresa sees the Tootaloo being <laughs> passed back and forth. <laughs> and they're um, driving on Tootaloo. Yeah. Um, she states that she notices a rifle between the front seats but doesn't think anything about it I mean again if you know anything about Somerville Georgia in the 70s most everybody had at least one rifle in their back window if you had a truck probably more than that if you had a car in the back seat oh yeah I mean we we both went to high school pre 9-11 and yeah it was not uncommon in Georgia especially at my high school to see rifles in the back of the car back of the truck at school. No, we had a, uh, we actually had a high school outdoorsman club that would compete in skeet shooting, and we would all bring our shotguns, put them in the, I guess the coach of the team's room, and then we would all meet at the wildlife area that we shot skeet at. Back to the evening of December the 12th. The four amigos, I guess. Actually, let's just say the three goofballs and the poor girl that's in, stuck yeah, in the car with them. That's true. Show well, up. I mean, There's about two goofballs for sure. I, I don't know how much. Yeah, I don't know about the Joey. Person. But he is related to West. And I don't mean to speak ill of the living or the dead. But oh, it's just a harebrained idea. Anyway, so they pull up to Corpsewood. And as they pull up, they honk the horn. Dr. Scudder comes out, 
greets him and says, Hey, you boys have a cigarette. Joey would love a cigarette because we just finished dinner and he's cleaning up the kitchen. So one of the two brain trust <laughs> this whole thing, Brock and Wes, decide to give him a, a uh, cigarette. And so he goes inside and gives Joey the cigarette. And he comes back and, and says, Would y'all like to have some, some wine? And so Brock and Wes... Joey and Miss Hudgens all climb that rickety 40-foot ladder to the pink room. That's just crazy. Yeah. And Scudder is the last one coming up the ladder. So they pass the the wine around. There was an interview in one of the documentaries with Teresa, and she says that um, Scudder gave Avery and Tony a bottle, and then he gave Joey and Teresa a bottle. Um, and this will come into play in the court trial. So make a little note, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so everybody's, you know, having a good time. They're drinking wine in the pink room, and they run out of toot a loo. How do you run out of it? I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm thinking if you're going to make some, it's not just a drop here and a drop there, but it may be. My guess is you'd pour a shit ton of all three of them in there, a whole tube of super glue, seal it off, and then just uncap it, take you a big old huff, and then cap it back. But well, I, I don't guess know. we just didn't do enough drugs. I guess not. I have no clue. I have I don't no either. clue how to do that. So uh, Avery states that he's going to go back to the car and get some more of that toodaloo. But when he comes back, what does he have in his hands, Coach? I believe he has the rifle, my friend. Yes, he does. And he sits back on one of the mattresses. So at this point, Scudder, from all accounts, is absolutely hammered. And he giggles and says, bang, bang, baby. And then stands up to adjust a lantern. When he stands up to adjust that lantern, Brock pulls a knife from his boot and slides the knife to Scudder's throat and demands all of his money. He then slings Dr. Scudder to the mattress and cuts strips of cloth from the sheets on the mattress and ties Dr. Scudder up. And he gags him with one of these strips. Um, And it is at this moment Joey Wells and Teresa Hudgens basically shift their pants. I would. Yep. (laughs) They freak the fuck out, and they run to the car. They attempt to start the car, but the damn thing doesn't start. Now, this is where... What's going on with the cars, man? I don't know. But this is where I would just start walking. And I've not seen an interview. I've not read an account. I mean... They climb back up the damn ladder. Okay, so look. You invite me over to a party, Coach, and all of a sudden I see you stick a knife to somebody's throat and we rode together I'm going to the car if it doesn't start I'm sitting in the car I'm not going back in there no. <laughs> well I mean maybe to try maybe they went up there to try to stop them maybe maybe they were went up there to talk some sense into them we don't know that they may have forgotten their wine and the tootaloo they, they, they may have had all the tootaloo yeah that's true so anyway somehow some way some explanation the couple moves their little happy asses back up the 40-foot ladder to the pink room. Teresa testifies and accounts in one of these interviews that all the way back up the ladder, she can hear Avery demanding 
Dr. Scudder tell him where all of the money is? <sighs> so foolish. Yes. So Wes stands up and hands Brock the rifle. Brock decides, all right, Dr. Scudder, if you're not going to tell me, I'm going to go find Odom, and he'll tell me. So he goes back down said ladder, and he finds Odom, and this is where this part of the story gets a little hazy. I have read that he orders him out of the house. I have read that he just starts firing through the door, and these shots strike Odom. But let me explain something to you, ladies and gentlemen. From the pictures that I saw, this is a heavy wooden door to the castle. This is a twenty-two rifle. It's not going it's not through going said through the door. Said door. If it does go through the door, it's just going to piss Odom off. Yeah. I went to uh, middle school with a guy that shot, when, when he was about 21, shot a man with a twenty-two, but he shot him 15 times. And the man lived. But we're talking 15 point blank range, so I mean, it, so through a wooden door, right? It's not going to happen. No, and I'm thinking these are, this is probably just thinking about the style of the house. These are probably two by sixes that are fashioned into a big old castle door just for aesthetics. But this is where I don't think this is true. Here's what I think happened. And I had read this somewhere else. I think stupid Avery walks in and demands Odom, where's all the money? And so Odom is just shocked. Yeah, totally caught off guard. Yeah, he's washing dishes, he's cleaning up after dinner. He stands up and like, what the hell are you talking about? And then at that time... Under the influence of Toodaloo. And the wine. And the wine. Please, please remember wine, because it's going to come back into play. He puts Brock, that is, he, puts four rounds into Odom's face. Um... I had read that he then walks into the house looking for money, and he sees the two mastiffs uh, curled up next to the wood-burning stove, and he shoots them. And this what this is this is this angers me. I love dogs. I love my two dogs, but if I'm shot and killed, and my two dogs don't even get up, yeah. they didn't even get up from the fire. And the demon that I summoned to protect me. True. You done falling down on your job. None, nowhere to be found. The dogs didn't even get up. Yeah. Avery reappears in the pink room, and he grabs Dr. Scudder. Somehow, tied up, they get Dr. Scudder down the ladder, and they're going back to the main house. I mean, that, we've talked trash about the ladder, but if you can walk down it tied up, it must be a pretty good ladder. Must be. Must be. <laughs> So it's at this moment Scudder sees his lover, Joey Odom, and his two beloved Mastiffs dead, or what he appears to be dead. And he lets out a guttural moan through the gag. So Brock leads Scudder to the library in Corpsewood, and this is where the investigators would find the LSD. And he removes the gag, and Scudder, Dr. Scudder is just grief-stricken and it's at this point he's already lost his wife he's lost his son and now he's lost his gay lover he just basically is like to hell with it i don't i don't care i'm not listening to anybody he stands up and he starts shuffling tied up towards uh, mr odom's body and so it's at this time 
Tony West decides to yell at Dr. Scudder and tell him to stop moving. Scudder, again, like I said, is grief-stricken, and he continues towards Odom. And at some point between West yelling for him to stop and him going towards Odom, he utters, I ask for this. Those would be the final words from Dr. Scudder. West shoots Scudder in the face at close range. Shoots um, him five times. Yeah. Scudder tries to speak and stand up again, but is just knocked to his knees. West fires again. This causes Dr. Scudder to stumble backwards into a book, bookcase. He tries to say something, according to Miss Hudgen, and it this point West fires three more shots into his head so that's two to the face three to the head total of five just yeah it's a terrible way to go it's just carnage it's at this moment that West and Brock basically threaten Miss Hudgens and Wales with their lives um I in the interview that I've referenced many times she says that uh she asked West, are you going to kill me? And he says, not if you keep your damn mouth shut. And so they decide to, West and Brock decide to uh, start looking for all this money that they think these two men have. And basically they, they find they're gonna get nothing. squat. They get nothing. The only thing of value they took was a, uh, was a gold-plated dagger. Yeah, I, I had read where they had, they basically grabbed a handful of nickels and dimes a uh, couple of pieces of jewelry, some silver candelabras, and like you said, a gold-plated dagger. They attempted to get the golden harp out of the manor, but it was so cumbersome that they couldn't get it there. Um, it's at this time that they get uh, West 1970 AMC Javelin started, the same car that Wells and Hudgens could not get started. And then they load all the loot, if you will, in the back of uh, Dr. Scudder's Jeep. And I had read, and maybe you can speak on this, I had read a couple of articles that stated that they were pentacles painted on the side of the Jeep. But that doesn't make any sense. It would more likely be pentagrams just for, like I said, I think Scudder did stuff just to get people to talk. Yeah. Yeah, most likely. I would probably say it was pentagrams. Yeah. It's at this moment they split up. West and Brock haul ass supposedly for Mexico. Uh, Wells and Hudgens goes back to... It's either Wells' sister's house or it's West's sister's house. And upon arriving there, the sister puts Hudgens in the car and takes her back to her house to get clothes because she's going to technically be forced to spend the night. Well, she starts telling the sister everything that's transpired and the sister's like, if you'll just keep your damn mouth shut, they're not going to hurt you. So the sister's already an accomplice. These two have just killed two men. They steal a jeep, headed for Mexico. Hell of a plan. All oh, right. yeah. Now, the entire defense rests upon the fact that they were under the influence of the devil worshippers. Uh, didn't they? Didn't I know. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Okay. I know where you're going. Okay. But I just wanted to, okay. to sidebar the, they were, you know, what caused them to kill them two homosexuals 
was the fact that they was a devil worshiping and they was a taking the LSD up there on do, the mountain. They were doing the Lord's work. Yes, they had. Uh, the Lord had come down and God forbid me for being sacrilegious, but they, He wanted me to kill them. But keep this in mind, all right? Because the defense just this pisses me off to no end. I, oh, because oh, when I read this oh, and oh, I saw this, he's yelling, folks. yeah, I'm getting my my blood pressure is rising. <laughs> When I read this and I saw the interview with Brock's mother, it just, oh, it just drove me crazy. All right. But I, I digress. Let's get back to the story. So, genius, or as I like to refer, refer to them now, the off brothers, Jerk and Jack, <laughs> head from Mexico in the stolen Jeep with pentagrams on the side of it. That's not, you know, Well, that's not very noticeable. No, not at all. They make it as far as Mississippi. They do make it to Mississippi. And they're tired, Coach. They are. They're, they're exhausted from a whole night of just murder and mayhem. Yep. So they stop at this rest area off of I-20 to sleep. And this just, I don't, I just don't get it. This, again, I do not understand. So the two geniuses <laughs> decide... They need another car. This one might draw attention. It's got pentagrams on the side of it. So they notice a man sleeping in his car. Poor, and I will let you take this part. Poor Kirby Phelps. Yes. They do rob him. And they end up killing him. Just a man trying to sleep. Yeah. So. It, it just, it, I mean, I can see where they're at. You're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. You've already murdered two people. Let's murder some more people. Yeah, but that's they enough. can't ki- They can't fry you twice. No, but now you've crossed state lines. I mean, federal. Yeah, I mean, it's all just. But anyway, Raylan Givens, <laughs> U.S. Uh, Marshal. U.S. Marshal. Don't speak ill of my boy. Going to be coming at your ass. <laughs> but so they kill a man in Mississippi, for and a then car. And then they return to Georgia. And in between killing the man and returning to Georgia, they get into a verbal argument at a strip club. <laughs> no, you take the candelabras. No, yeah. you take the yeah. you take the golden dagger. Yeah. No, fuck you. I want the golden dagger. Yeah. At a strip club oh. in Texas. And they split up at that point. And somehow Brock, Brock returns to Georgia. Yeah, he makes it to Cobb County. And West, re- he returns. To, he goes to Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is just north of Somerville. It's not a far drive at all. No, you're from thirty Somerville. minutes from Somerville. If you live in Somerville and you want to go have a good time, you go to Chattanooga. Yeah, that's just the bottom line. That's where it goes. That's Cold just Stone how it, Cold City. That's just how it is. All right, so they murder this poor Lieutenant Kirby Phelps for his car. Nothing else. They just wanted This was on December 15th. Yes. And they had uh, committed the murders at Corpswood on December the 12th. So I guess it takes them three days to get to Mississippi. Hell, I can be in Mississippi in a couple of hours. Well, this is 1976. They didn't have the Google Maps. So well, that is maybe true. they just. Maybe they got on that entire interstate. I'm sure they're zigging and zagging trying to avoid the, the fuzz. <sighs> we'll get back to the death of Mr. Phelps in a little bit. So, once Brock decides to split with West, he makes it back to Cobb County, Georgia, Marietta, and um, he calls a family member. 
I think he calls his mother. And uh, authorities are listening in. And as he's on the payphone, uh, explaining to his mother that he's tired, he's hungry, he doesn't notice the unmarked cars surrounding him, and basically they grab him right there as soon as he hangs up the phone. Um, and here's another thing that I've tried to research, and the surrounding counties do a, a very good job of the history of the sheriff's office. Uh, Chattooga County needs to take a page from some of the surrounding counties because if you Google, get on that Google machine, hmm. and you Google list of sheriffs of Chattooga County, you only get the current one. And I have read two different accounts. Um, one stated that the sheriff at the time was Tony Gilliland, and the other one that I read was Gary McConnell. Despite who the sheriff was, Brock's dumbass confesses to the sheriff and says, all I can say is they were devils and I killed them. Killed them. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> he confesses to killing them three separate occasions. The attorneys for West claim that Scudder and Odom laced their homemade wine with LSD, and that caused young Mr. West to suffer a mental breakdown, and that's why he committed these murders. And this is where I have a hard... Mental breakdown don't usually have premeditation. Right. They clearly had premeditation. Case the place. They were ready. They, they, they were... All right, let's just for shits and giggles say that the LSD caused you to kill this guy and his gay lover. How do you explain killing the lieutenant Navy colonel? Not He's probably not a colonel, but I'm just going to say he's That's true. So you're telling well, me that I three mean, days you, transpired, you, you drank some LSD wine, and it made you kill a guy over his car. No, that's well, horse shit. Well, I mean, you know. Horse well, well, shit. Yes, but you know what you've done, You so maybe you're desperate. I'm sure, they, surely to God they're desperate. I mean, they are on the run for murder. If the guy's asleep, just wake his ass up, tie him to a tree, put him in the pentagram. Here, well, you take our jeep he at was gunpoint. A lieutenant colonel in the navy. In the navy. All right, here's so what. he probably fought back. Yes, and that's what I read, and I that's mean, why I wanted to go back Military men aren't going to take shit lying no, down. No, no, no. Navy, so, army, marines, whatever. Yeah, they're going to come at you. So Avery, his defense in the proceedings was that they go wake up Lieutenant Kirby Phelps and they're going to take his car. So West takes Mr. Phelps outside of this rest area to a wooded area out, you know, beyond it. And he's going to handcuff him to a tree. And like Coach said, the Navy man's like, all right, yeah, unlock one of these handcuffs. And he commences to probably fighting back. So, again, Brock's whole premise is he's loading the shit that they stole from Corpsewood into this Navy lieutenant's car and he hears gunshots and West reappears and says man he fought back I had to shoot him <laughs> and he swung on me that's why I pulled the gun on him but anyway I, I just you know for this whole it just pisses me off to the fact that some of these people, well, they were under the, the spell of the devil worshippers, and they drank that LSD wine. Well, okay, I'll give you the LSD wine. I'll give you the spell of the 
devil worships, I'll give you the thing. I'll give you the, the demon. I'll give you the two dogs, the pink room. I'll give you all of that. I'll give everything. You can take that. The price is right. You want it all. Why the hell did you shoot him? Three days later, why did you commit another murder? But like you said, in for a penny, in for a pound. I mean, I mean honestly, if I'm not ever going to commit murder. But, but if my, I, I do, guess, I, I guess mean, my that's thing a, is this. That's though. a line that's... It's I'm not shooting. If you are the guy in the car in Mississippi, I'm not going to shoot you. A, because A, or A, we're in another state. I'm not shooting you. B, I already had in my mind, I can get off back in Georgia because he drugged me and I was under the impression that's of them true. devil worshippers. That's, that's a good point. But that's what pisses me off about these people. Well, all of it should piss you off. They committed two murders. The other two murders don't piss you off? No, that pisses me off because <laughs> they, they're so stupid that they didn't even think about asking. Well, clearly they're morons. Yeah, they're doing the tutelage. They, they took two. Get Scudder drunk and ask him where the money's at. True, and they also hey, took dude, how'd you two get here? innocent people that had nothing to do with it. They took them with them. They took two witnesses. You don't bring witnesses to your murder. And she was seventeen. Like, come on. Do you on? Oh, don't say nothing. Okay, like, I'm not. You fuck gonna, you. <laughs> you're gonna bring. You are physically gonna bring witnesses to your to your murder. Like, come on. That's just dumb. These, we're not dealing with smart people. No, we're not. We're not. We're really not. And I should not let my blood pressure get I elevated. I mean, you, you definitely, definitely oh. have a reason to be pissed. There was no reason for any of it. But there definitely wasn't a reason to kill the man, uh, uh, kill Kirby in No, there wasn't. That, that no was reason a... for it. Considering the fact of what they did afterwards. Yeah, we get in an argument. Me and you going to go to Titty Club, and I'm going to get in an argument. You know, I want the damn Cinder, Silver Kinder Lobbers. Yeah, and they separate at that point, and then both decide to go home. You are in Texas. Like, you can spit on the border. You made it. Nah, hell, I'm hungry and tired. I'm going home. Yeah. Fuck it. Go all the way back home. All right, so basically, and, and then the Off Brothers, Jerk and Jack, decide... <sighs> They're going home. Um, Brock is eventually convicted, and if y'all want they're, to, no, I mean, and then they turn themselves in. You you commit three murder, you commit two murders, and run away. Commit a third, get in an argument in a titty club, and then you come all the way home just to turn yourself in. I don't get it. Again, they're gonna turn themselves in. I'm not. Well, yeah, I am. I'm just gonna go out there. I mean, this I is, have a friend this, that lives this in 19, Was County. it 1982? Yeah, this. You can disappear. Oh, if yeah. you want to disappear, you could disappear. I have a, a friend who actually works for the federal government that graduated from Chattooga County High School. And so I reached out to him to ask him about this. And I said, man, this whole thing is fucked up. And his exact words were, yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, it is. It's not but an average day in Chattooga County. I'm going to take his word for it. So, anyway, getting back to the, the nit and the grit. The two morons decide that they're going to fight this. Stupid Avery Brock confesses three separate times, and then all of a sudden, no, I was coerced. I want a trial. Well, he's found guilty, and he's going to serve three consecutive life sentences in Georgia State Prison. Still, West, still there today? Alive. Yeah. West is sentenced to death in Georgia. He is also sentenced to death in Mississippi. But since the murders in Georgia occurred first, 
Georgia's sentence carries the most weight. Correct. Um, but it's somehow his, and I, I couldn't find how it was commuted, but basically West sentence is commuted to life at the Augusta State Medical Prison for mental illness. And if y'all look up their mugshots now, they're they're dumber and they look even worse. Well, I mean, prison life will do that to you. It's true, but <laughs> at the same time, I just now, and I'm sure we're gonna get some hate mail from people in Chattanooga County or some family members of these two. But y'all, I just have no sympathy for stupid. I you can't think. In the words of Ron White, if you're ugly, <laughs> I can get you a fa a, a facial. <laughs> if you got small titties, I can buy you some new ones. If you got a flat ass, I'll get you butt implants. But boys and girls, you can't fix stupid. Hey, I, I know a lot of good people from Chattooga County. I do too. I'm and not going to be the one to. I have a lot of friends. <laughs> Actually, I have. Direct your hate mail. To, to Arlo. To Arlo. Do not. I have not spoke ill of Chattooga County. But, but here's what I find funny <laughs> about the whole thing. And there's, like I said, I have a friend. He graduated high school eighty nine ninety ish. Uh, so it was he was in high school when this went down. Uh-huh. Um, he didn't know a lot of the details. I have another friend who is much older than I am, retired teacher, taught in. There's people older than you. I know it's hard to believe, isn't it? It's kind of hard to believe. He taught in twenty eight schools in thirty years. Wow. Yeah. See, that was kind of what I wanted to do. Now I found a school that I love, and I've been. This will be my fourth year there, but there was a. I, well, it keeps you on I've, your toes. I've been being at the same school for three years. I've still taught at seven schools in eleven years, so <laughs> I kind of like that. And he was. He grew up in the county. His dad grew up in the county, so I figured that hey, if anybody's got some inside scoop on this case, I'll reach out to him. And he was like. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Arlo, I don't know what to tell you. I ain't heard nothing. And so then I reach out to another friend of mine that's also a retired teacher whose father-in-law owns property at the base of Murder Mountain. And he's like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm too chicken shit to go up there. We could make a road oh, trip. Oh, hell no. Because I looked at some of those we pictures. We can be and there. And I watched some of those YouTube videos. We can mm. be there in an hour or so. Ain't happening. I wouldn't even go up there in the daytime. It is the daytime. Well, I do understand that, but I'm not going up there in the daytime. Let's we'd, go camping. Wait, no. Let's go camping. I've done partook in this 420. Anyway. <laughs> Let's go camping. No. All right, so let's get into, as Coach absolutely sucks the bottom of that 420. It was good, though. It was, it was delicious. The bottom of the can, y'all, just started to slowly implode. Well, this is the point where we start to get a little paranormal. Nah, a little sloppy. <laughs> well, that too. But well, this is where I want to get into, and if you have anything extra to add, go ahead. Well, if we're getting into, every, if we're done with the story and we're talking about the paranormal stuff, what is up with his last words? And I asked ask for, for this. this. I think. What is he talking about? I think he asked for this. And I, is he asking for this because he let yeah the wrong type of people I in do. his life? Is he is he was he did did he say that because was he referring to the fact that they moved from Chicago to uh, rural Georgia 
is he referring to a premonition of sorts? I think it touches on two of those, the first and the last. I think he has regret of trusting people. Mm -hmm. You know, this was a young man that he thought he had earned his trust or earned, you know, vice versa. I think that he felt like, you know, he met this young man. This young man was what he felt like was upstanding enough to ask permission to deer hunt. He invites him to the house. Well, not the house, the chicken coop. I got you. Uh, they, we all got you. Yeah. He partakes in the uh, homemade wine. He allows him to perform the uh, fellatio on him. That's just being a good host. True. Well, I don't know, though. You know. If I come over to your house and you all of a sudden, hey, want some fellatio? And I'm like, mm, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'm going to take my shit and get out of here. <laughs> But that's just me. I'm not well, being. I'm man. not being one way or the other. If that's your hey, hey baby, Again. if that's your bag, own it. Well, look, I'm just saying they are in a sex dungeon in the sky, drinking wine, doing the toodaloo. toodaloo. Yeah, and you know they're homosexuals, right? I guess so that's my he's biggest just, thing. He's just being a good host. Well, and I go back to your third point: is he did have a premonition? Now, if you see. If you check out our Twitter and Instagram, at Mysterious Brews, we're going to post a painting drawn by the good doctor that is very telling. Yeah, Joey Odom basically has a vision one night. Oh, was it Joey or was yeah, it? Yeah, no, Joey oh, had the vision. Oh, I'm sorry. It was... But Scudder did paint it. It was a self-portrait. You're right. Okay. okay. Joey had the vision and tells Scudder... Oh, my bad. ...that... Um, Hey, I just had this vision. You died with a gag in your mouth and five bullet holes to your head. Scudder paints a self-portrait with what appears to be a gag in his mouth and five holes in his head with blood coming out. And, and he is behind. There's a hole in a brick wall. Yes, and he says to someone that views this portrait before the night of the murder, he says to this person, this is how I'm going to die. Now that is that is freaky trippy shit. shit right there because that's freaky shit. I mean the the good doctor was did partake in the two well I don't know he didn't he partook I, in the LSD yeah not I the didn't see anything that said that they the two the two victims no. participated in two um but uh, so we're going to get into more of the hauntings the weird shit well I mean I think that the paranormal th this is definitely is definitely touching on the paranormal. I mean, if you when you see this painting, it is uncanny because he does have a gag in his mouth, and he does have what appears to be five bullet holes. And they're small, like a twenty-two would have. Created. They are small, like a twenty-two. But I'm going to say they're not. They're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna side on the side of uh, facts. I would almost guarantee they're not in the right spots. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, but at the same time, though, if, if you, they were, if you got shot in the face five times and you just happened to put the holes in the forehead. Well, I mean, yeah, but nah, it's, it's fucked up any way you look it, at it. To me, it's just a little bit too fucked up to be a coincidence. Yes, it is. And like we said, if you if you're an avid follower of our podcast on our second episode, you do know that <laughs> we are believers 
in the weird in the weird stuff uh, we want to believe it's the that's only because it's fun yes it's more fun to believe in those things so yeah he definitely i think definitely had some sort of premonition and it happened to come true all right so upon the bodies being discovered it was a friend from i think atlanta that had come up to tell them a mutual friend had passed away yes a friend a friend in rome had passed away and rome, georgia uh, i didn't know that that person had came all the way from atlanta yeah i i didn't see but yeah rome. They, the bodies were found 2 days later yeah and so this and i had read different things and i mean it, it just that coincidence alone if that hadn't have happened there's no telling how there's long no there's no tell i mean yeah there's literally no telling how long they would have stayed there un- undiscovered and, until another group of ornery, uh, randy homosexuals, closeted homosexuals show up to have a party in the pink room. That's which, true. who knows how how, how often that, yeah, those were. how frequent that was. I had read where the guy that came up to tell them of the death of the mutual friend noticed bullet holes in the door. But I, I think more than likely... And I, I, here's another did, thing did, that I can't did, find. Didn't you say that they they did not shoot through the door? I don't didn't think they you can. Say that? So, I don't think they could. So, now, dumbass could have just started just shooting through the door and kicked the door up and then shot him. But at the same time, you're never gonna know exactly. Here's another thing that I have a problem with. If you Google State of Georgia versus Avery Brock, State of Georgia versus Tony West, the only thing that comes up is the murder trial that the Mississippi. Supreme State Court came up with. That's, I know that's hard to follow. Really? Yes. I cannot find transcripts of the actual trial. Now, I can find uh, the newspaper clippings documenting you know, the day's proceedings, but I cannot find the actual transcripts. I even went to fine law. I went to, and, and the thing that pisses me off about fine law is it has to be a, either a district court or it has to be a state Supreme Court ruling. Really? Yeah, it's just jacked just up. just pissed off today. I am pissed. But anyway, <laughs> all right, so let's get back to the weird shit. So after their bodies are discovered, basically Joey Odom does not have any relatives that would step forward to bury him. So I think some mutual friends of the couple decide to have him cremated, and they uh, scatter his ashes in his beloved Rose Garden. Now, one thing that I saw was that they actually buried an urn with his ashes in the Rose Garden, but vandals dug said urn up, which released Joey's spirit to haunt the mansion. Good deal. Yeah. So Scudder's why, body... Why would you I don't know. Do what, at, at what point does that sound like a good idea? Hey, let's go up there and dig up a dead guy's ashes. There, surely no freaky shit's gonna happen. Yeah. So Scudder's body was sent to Milwaukee at the at the request of his sister. And here's where we get into a little sidebar pissing contest between Scudder's family and Odom's family. Basically, Scudder had written into his will that Odom got everything upon his death. Well, according to the autopsy or the coroner's findings, Odom actually passed after Scudder. So Scudder did die first, which would have meant that Odom received the entire property. Well, Scudder's 
remaining kids and his sister were like, no, 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 not so fast. He didn't die first. We're going to take over the estate. So this gets into another rabbit hole that if you're willing to chase, good, you, Lord. good luck with it. But anyway, all right, so we're now going to get into the actual premises. All right, the area is referred to as Devil Worshippers Mountain, and there are claims that if you remove a brick from the actual structure or a rock from the garden, you will be cursed for life. No, thank you. There is a YouTube video that shows a young woman basically on the verge of a nervous breakdown trying to get back to Corpsewood to return a rock that she had removed because she has basically been tormented since removing it. Visitors along with people such as the police investigators that showed up the day that they were found state that when you come onto the property there is a sense of dread or a feeling of heaviness that surrounds you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that could just be the fact that you know where you're going. Yes, like, true. I mean, um, some of the other paranormal stuff is... Um, the harp, correct? Yes, they hear the harp playing. They hear uh, muffled gunshots. They also hear disembodied dog barks. Supposedly occurs at night or at twilight. The police stated that during the investigation, they felt as if they were being watched that um, some shadowy figures had been reported by both police and people that visit the site. Other people have claimed that they see the glowing eyes of a dog on the property. There are... So the dogs are wandering the property in the afterlife, but they couldn't protect them. True. Didn't even get up from the fire. Well, here's another thing. I'm not going to take the dog... Well, yeah, I'm going to take the dog side of it. It's December... I'm pretty sure that's a cold-ass place, despite the fact that he's decided to insulate it with a two-inch gap of air. And I'm pretty sure those two mastiffs have a full belly that evening. They are sacked out next to the the fire, and then they hear boom, 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 and they probably raise their heads, and it's at that time they're executed. But I do see where you're coming from. You kill people, man, but you don't kill. No, you just, just heard their ass in the bathroom. They're just wonderful creatures. They are. Um, chihuahuas. Yeah, exactly. I, they <laughs> creep me the shit out. Um, you can look up Paranormal and Corpsewood Manor on YouTube, and there's several different people that have gone up there at night to do some paranormal activity. There's some piss-poor videos, to be honest with you. Uh, there's a lot of K2 meter footage. There's some supposedly disembodied voices, but they don't do a very good job of recording those. Well, in, in the in the aspect of a haunted place, this is perfect to be oh, haunted. Oh, yeah. It is in the middle of nowhere. It is relatively, I mean, it's not far off in the past, but the building looks to be ancient. It's crumbling, and the grisly crime took place. This has got all the makings of a great haunted place. Right, and on YouTube, the documentary in question that I've been referencing is called Corpsewood 
1982. And it is a evangelical lady that uh, tours the grounds. Again, it is very, I would say, recent from the time of the killings because the grounds are still well kept. She shows a picture in that documentary of one of the stained glass windows that had obviously been broken out after the murders. There is a picture that is taken and there is a figure of a man with glasses, which Dr. Scudder supposedly had glasses, along with a dog and a leash hanging over the window frame. It is freaky as hell. It's very freaky. I've not seen that. Yes, the first hour of that. Now, when you Google or you get on YouTube and you type in Corpsewood 1982 documentary, uh, the first hour of that is the actual documentary. After that, it is an old school tent revival. Uh-oh. Yeah. Actually, it's a, I, I believe the guy, the lady that did the documentary, it's her son, says, you know, after the documentary, we'll have a offering call. And they do. They have some Southern Baptist singing, and the lady has aged quite a bit. Ah, uh, yeah, I just clicked on it, and it's already a, it's a, the intro is a newer intro, asking funny, letting you know what you're going to see. Yeah, it's, it's a little, little odd. And you know, and they have that, uh, if you can hear in the background, you, they have that disclaimer, but there's nothing in that documentary that I wouldn't let my son look at well i mean these, these uh, the, the premise of the these, devil worshiping and the, the and these the, are evangelicals they are they going to be yeah they're um a little more sensitive to things that probably wouldn't affect bother us at all right so going back to the manor the actual house it's not confirmed but it is referenced several, several times that basically under the direction of the sheriff, and this is where they state that it was Sheriff Gilliland, the interior of the manor is torched. Basically, that first fire is under the discretion of the sheriff. And I think, you know, when I first read that, I was like, what the hell? But the more I thought about it, he probably thought, look, let's just burn it out. The bricks will remain. That way, nobody's going to take souvenirs. Nobody's going to be up there squatting. Let's just get rid of it. Um, not, not a bad plan. No, I mean, no. Honestly, and then there yeah, was the another fire. definitely remained. Right. There's another fire, I, I want to say four to six years after the first fire, that just destroys the place. And this is where we get into all the innuendo. I, I had read on one website that Anton LaVey had actually visited the site. Uh, during the documentary, the lady states that on several occasions that Scudder and Odom both were going to construct a church of Satan on the property so that worshipers from all over could come up and, and worship Satan on the grounds of Corkswood Manor. I have not found anything to corroborate that. If you don't know, Anton LaVey was the actual founder of the Church of Satan. Yes. And a very interesting individual, to say the least. They said that uh, not only was Scudder a, I guess, by definition, a card-carrying member of the Church of Satan, they found a receipt in his desk from where he had written a check for the yearly dues to the Church of Satan. Um, 
again, you know, the early 80s, late 70s, some of Georgia, there's going to be all types of rumors about the devil worshiping. And they, well, this it seemed is, like this they tried right, to rationalize their right, killings. Right in the middle of the, you know, the satanic, satanic panic. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, this is easy fodder for that. I just feel like, and I know that we have the benefit of not being in that time period, but in the current time period. I was barely in this time period. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was two. I was one. So, uh, I feel like that it's easy to blame the devil worshipping on some of the actions of the two men that committed this grisly murder. But again, I just go back to the to the fact that in that documentary, they interview Avery's mother, and she states that she believes that they were under the influence of LSD-laced wine. That's the only thing it could account, because Avery was a good young man. And I just, I know as a parent you try to find a rational explanation for what has happened, but at the same time, I mean, basically, Avery was a grown man. He was working as a trucker. You know, you did what you could do to raise him to the age of 17. It's not your fault. I just, I, I find a, they went on to kill another guy three days later. I just, you know, LSD's not going to make you kill somebody three days later. But I'm, I'm, I feel like maybe the desperation of it and the fact that he probably fought back and all that, they, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm definitely not saying, I mean, you're absolutely right, LSD did not cause them to kill the man in Mississippi. No. It did not. But, again, we will post a lot of links, some pictures that we have found that detail the, uh, what it looked like, what it currently looks like. Um, I don't think you can actually get up there anymore. I think there's two large boulders blocking the road, and then somewhere on the property, they say that there are two, um, white crosses in memorial of uh, Joey Odom and Dr. Dr. Scudder. I'm sure that you could, if you got in the general area, you could find it, but there's one YouTube video of this D-O-W, and I would like to, we will probably use that again. D-O-W stands for dirty old whore. <laughs> <laughs> this D-O-W is uh, going up there, trying to get to the site, and then they they bypass some people and she talks shit about well that's probably a first screwing and from what I can gather if you do make it to the actual site it is basically just littered with graffiti beer cans people just being disgraceful um, unfortunately you know two men lost their lives that evening over a handful of dimes and nickels and a gold plated dagger a couple of silver candelabras I mean or candlestick holders I just it's just beyond me at all so in closing, <laughs> it's just a sad case. So let's. What do you think? Haunted? Oh yeah. You think so? Yeah. I mean, the way they died, uh, his his premonition, his self portrait. If there, if there is such a thing as ghosts, oh, this there. is certainly prime territory for one. They them are there. A horrible murder, cold blooded. Premeditated. Premeditated, just out of nowhere. Satan worshiping. Well, Church of Satan members. Yeah. Even I can't even. They're so 
ingrained and mistaken for uh, Satan worshipers and all these things combined are just I mean it is a great place for a home I mean go go up there and camp out let's go Shit, no. But the, uh, the real mystery, the real mystery, and you know, we are mysterious brews, uh, and I've had about five of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the uh, the real mystery is the 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 I asked for this. What did he mean? Yeah, what? it's 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 that is the oddest thing I think. I still go back to I felt like that he felt like I asked for this in the sense is I invited these young men into my home and therefore I asked for them to commit whatever they did. I don't know. I want to think it's more more than that. Now, I, now, I do want I to do think like that. you know, going back, like you said, I think that he it's that and I also think that he had the premonition. You know? I mean clearly. The, I mean the painting and the the I mean just just look at that painting. I mean it's that's oh, it's freaky. It's hell. freaky. It's very freaky. Uh, if you're looking for a couple of videos on YouTube, Enigma Research Group, they have a YouTube channel and they are actually from Georgia. Uh, they did a three-part video on a paranormal investigation. Uh, the first one basically goes over the case and it just shows them driving up to the location. The second one is a lot more um, of them talking about what they're going to do, and then the third one is is more of the actual investigation. What is I found interesting in those three videos is when they got to, I think it was the uh, staircase, they went through six sets of batteries in their EVP recording. Wow. Yeah. Terrible um, batteries. Terrible you gotta, batteries. You got you to get some energizers. I mean, you got to plan better. Uh, they also <laughs> had an infrared illuminator that was supposed to uh, illuminate a couple of paranormal things, and uh, they had charged it on the way up there. It's supposed to last eight hours. It lasted five minutes. Wow. That's concrete proof right there. Yeah. Bingo. We got it. We got it. Um, case closed. Case closed. Haunted. They, uh, the documentary is under on YouTube is under WGGSTV, Corpsewood, comma 1982. Again, the first hour is the actual documentary where the lady walks around and um, interviews the nudist, hairlit nudist. But the grounds are well kept. You can actually see the door of the the manor, the pink gargoyle, everything up there. Uh, the last 30 minutes, I would say, or 45 minutes, is your basic public broadcasting, evangelical, send us money. <laughs> All right, so in closing, if you enjoy a good IPA, Pale I'm sorry. Be got to be specific. I'm sorry. If you enjoy the good people good at Sweetwater, Pale Ale would would argue the the IPA part of it. Please pick up a 
hell, I couldn't find a six-pack. You had to buy a 12-pack. If you like Well, cans, it's because we like cans. Because yeah. it, it makes a good sound it when you crack them sound. open. It just, it just brings it home. It was a 12-pack of cans, but if you, you can pick up a six-pack in the bottles. If you do prefer those bottles. You just can't. You can't beat the sound. No, you can't. But anyway, tune in, boys and girls, next week. What a beautiful, beautiful sound that is. <laughs> but again, uh, please tune in next week for our next episode of Mysterious Brew. Well, what do you, well let's leave them with some. We we got we got to remember our suggestions. That's true. We got to give some suggestions. Last week, of course, we recommended. True Crime Garage, and then the YouTube, the great YouTube channel, That Chapter. What do you got to recommend today? It could be anything. Right. I would recommend... Television, movie, book, YouTube, podcast. Let's just give a recommendation. There is a book that is written with Miss Hudgens and a lady that I actually taught with. Who's Miss Hudgens? Teresa Hudgens, the lady that turned state evidence. In what case? In this case. What case? Are, what, what are we talking about? We're talking about corpse food. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Woo! <laughs> she, Miss Hudgens and uh, Susan West, no relation to Mr. West. That is her... Uh, That's a very common name. Yeah, that is her pen name. Um, she wrote a book with her that details a lot of the court proceedings and stuff like that. Now, is this, is this the same author? That when we worked together, made the uh, yes, it is the pornography yes, it uh, is. novels. Is it really it is. nice? Yes, and reference to the principal's bald, oh. masculine head. Oh wow! Yeah, that's amazing. It is. I know. So when she, I saw the picture, I damn near called you. She really. She went true crime, she, and she did an, an honest to God hurt. You know, and they actually said, "Hey, you know, this is her real name. This is her." name folks we we worked together for one glorious year and there was a English teacher who decided well she had decided many years before to write gay erotica gay erotica novels and she became so successful at it <laughs> that she was able to quit her job it was the most amazing thing that either one of us had ever seen it, it, it still just I just giggled like a three-year-old. And she was writing about the principal. Yeah, she, uh, it's called, I believe it's called The Corpse, no, that's not it. One of the books is The Corpsewood Manor Murders in North Jorber, North Georgia. Jorber. As, Jorber. As oh, my God. Written by Amy Petula. Um, there is another book, and I can't find it. Let's go to Amazon and see what we find there. Um, professionals. Yeah, we, we are. are professionals. Way big time. Um, yeah, here it is. Corpsewood, the eyewitness account by Shannon West and Susan Scott and Teresa Hudgens. And Teresa Hudgens is the actual young 17-year-old young lady at that point. Um and if you do get into that book, I would recommend that. Uh, the Kindle version is $4.99 on Amazon. Um, you can actually buy a copy of it for $12. But I would recommend either one of those. Uh, especially the Corpsewood 
the eyewitness account because that comes from Miss Hudgens' account, and she she was there and she was she testified against both West and Brock. Oh wow! Um, going back to podcasts, if you are a true crime junkie and you would love to chase rabbits, the Missing Mara Murray podcast. Now, are we gonna are we gonna no, cover that? God, it is my it is as Mrs. Arlo looks. And I'm not even making eye contact with her. I can feel the eye roll. As much as I, as much as this is going to sound weird, you want it to, is you? my favorite it missing persons too. case. I chased it for what? Six How months? can you have a favorite missing persons God. case? But it's awesome. Tim and Lance do a great job. I they believe, did an oxygen. I believe in my heart of hearts that she's alive. I want her to be alive. Anyway, those are my recommendations, ladies and gentlemen. We'll go to Coach's recommendations this week. She's alive. <laughs> he can't let Bottom go. line. In Laura Canada. Murray is alive and dope. well in Canada. I don't care. Anyway, as you all know, if you listen to our first episode, I am definitely a YouTube fanatic. So I'm actually going to recommend another YouTube page. Called, which is a great name. I love the name. It's called Slapped Ham. It is. It's a weird name c- considering what the uh, the content is. But if there's only if there's anything I love more than YouTube, it is countdowns. Yes, I do on love YouTube. Those. Top five, top ten, top ten. I'll watch in like I will literally watch any countdown. I watched the best Major League Baseball plays. There was it's four parts. Last two nights. This is a sad but true story. Mrs. Coach once caught me watching, and Porno? I watched from start to finish the 100 worst fashion faux pas. Do I give a crap about fashion? I do not. But you wa- love But I had to know. I what watched a hundred of them. It was five hours of my life that he I will never get back that I cannot get back because I love countdown so much I love them so Slapham is a countdown based YouTube page but it is all about mysteries evil scary top five has a good website all kind of, hey well we'll recommend that later don't you chastise me. for example their 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 latest uh, their latest uh, video is called scary creatures caught on camera the one before that that I watched last night was Scary Encounters filled, filmed deep in the woods. And they also have various things like chilling Halloween crimes that really happen, creepy lost tapes, 10 terrifying real events that inspired the X-Files. So I really like, I really, really like their page. So give them a, give them a follow. Again, if you would <laughs> like to run a rabbit uh, I recommend those two books on the Corpsewood Manor. There's plenty of articles out there uh, on the World Wide Web, one of which is on Rebel Circus. Uh, another one is All That's Interesting. Just type in Corpsewood Manor Murders, and they there is a plethora, plethora of such things. You got anything else? Uh, yeah, more Murray's alive, and if you are alive, Mora, please contact me <laughs> at mysterious at mysterious bruise on Twitter or Instagram. or Instagram. I know you're alive. You can just DM me and just let me know. <laughs> I will not tell anyone. I just want to know for myself. Yeah, he'll please. keep the secret. 
I will keep your secret forever. There's no loose lips sink battleships over I'll, there, boys. I will tell Mrs. Coach because Mrs. Coach knows everything. She gets to see, and I will be the only two to know. Yes. So. Yeah, and Mrs. Coach How dare she you? does not give two shits. How dare you say you do not give shit. a shit? You honestly don't give a shit if more is alive? No, she's She is alive. She's still going to sleep well tonight. All right. That woman, she's alive. Okay. Thank you. She's deader than a hammer. She's not. How can you say that? And that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is all we have for this week. She's oh, alive. Mysterious Bruce podcast. Hashtag where's Gary. Uh, thank you for tuning in and please give us a like on at uh, mysterious brews on instagram at mysterious brews on twitter we're not gonna do the facebook facebook's played out yeah nobody likes so tired of him so tired of zuckerberg but anyway uh that's it that's all folks deuces (laughs) 